Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. Yeah, uh, just to explain, I did not I did not break out of prison. This is not like one of those striped... Um, You're living out of your car. I'm not in my car. <laughs> That's bad. For people who are worried about you. I'm wearing, wearing Josh, I'm wearing a Josh Gibson shirt. I'd be wearing a, I'd be wearing an orange jumpsuit if I was escaping from prison. That's so funny. I'm going to be um going to the game tonight, Russ, and I'm going to be bringing you and and uh, our buddy over there to some some drinking toast. I'm going to try. Oh, that's that's going to be the highlight of my night. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You're excited. I had to be excited. So hey, I don't even know what it tastes like. Crap. It's going to be really great. <laughs> It'll be interesting. <laughs> so we do have a pre-show thing to talk about. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So 45 years ago today, yes, released close to the edge. Oh man! I think most people would regard that as their best album, and I do. <coughs> the thing um, about it, what I think is lost in today's world with most groups is that there isn't like a coherent album anymore that sort of goes and flows from the start to the finish that makes sense. There's a few of them once in a while, but it used to be a lot of them. That used to be the whole reason and premise behind one. And and this one's like so good that it just, it, 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 that's what it really does is it, it, the way it starts, the way it ends, it's just really perfect. It's a good yeah, debate though. I mean, I'm not, see, I was always, a, actually my favorite yes album is not Close to the Edge, but I do like right. it a lot. My favorite, my favorite was always um, going for the one, honestly. Okay. That was my. I mean, and they're both really tight. But no, I mean, it's really good. I mean, I can't. Both, argue. Are, both are right in there. In you know, when they were at their best. But I thought. Um, I always thought that going for the one, you know, especially Awaken was like that. Was, yeah. Me, Awaken was one of their best songs they ever wrote. So. Well, and and the thing is that the, the the title track from Close to the Edge and and you and I. I mean, you put that with Awaken and Supper's Ready by Genesis. Those are the prog rock epics. Those are those fifteen to twenty minute songs that I don't care if I'm like if I'm driving, if I'm working out at the gym, if I'm listening to my iPod and that song comes on, I can't change it. It stays. It, it, I don't care yeah, what. It, it sort of whisks you away. What what what's really lost on, on most groups now. It, and it's going to sound ridiculous because, like, if you were in band, you knew about the triangle, right? And you looked at it like, yeah, it's kind of like a useless instrument. But on these albums and the songs we're talking about, very important, especially yeah. Awaken. And and when Yes would have these different group settings where, you know, John Anderson was there or wasn't there. Anytime Anderson wasn't there, you got no harp and you got no no triangle. And it made a big difference. It's, it's amazing until you hear it that you realize it's missing. But... Because you, you would think ahead of time, oh, what's a big deal? It's not. Who cares about the triangle? But it actually yeah, matters. Maybe it's because I always recorded with Prague people, but um, that there was definitely a, a love of the triangle and shakers in general, um, yeah. all different kinds of things. Like we, there was a, when we would record there, you know, the drum track would go on first always. That's usually what you would do. And then the, the bass, so the whole rhythm section, which is the bass guitar and the drums, that that's done first. And then you, you know, overdubbing your guitars and your acoustic guitars, your pianos, and then finally the voices. And then after that, the first thing you would do would be go to the shakers and triangles and things like that, which is, you know, you bring out and 
they really do make a huge difference. I mean, they can lift a song up or down, and they can. Yeah. There's simple little instruments that you know not necessarily see when all the time when it's being performed live. But um, you know, it, you do feel weird sitting there and playing a triangle live. I have to say, oh, I'm sure I've been in that spot and, and tried to do that and just cannot. I couldn't pull couldn't pull it off. It's looking cool. Well, there's a timing to it, right? I mean, it's not like it's like any other song, right? There's timing to the music, but it's harder with that because there's a delay too. And after you hit it, it's like so you really have to be good at it. Like, it's not like everybody, it, you would think it's one of those things like a tambourine, you could just pick it up and just start shaking it and playing it, but it's really not true. Yeah, and that, and that album that album represents the, the what I consider the, the premier lineup of the, of the group. And then after after Close to the Edge, Bill Bruford leaves for, for, uh, for King Crimson. And I, I always remember this BBC documentary on prog rock that said that uh, Bill Bruford leaving Yes for King Crimson was like somebody defecting into East Germany. Which I, I thought was a thought was a good was a good analogy because Robert Fripp wasn't exactly known for his uh, flexibility, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean it was the difference between music and math. Like um, I was uh, the math, you know, I, I joke about liking math because I do like math, but I don't like it over music. And King Crimson was very mathematical in everything he did, and um, and you know, and and, and that's a hard thing to really explain what that means. But everything had to be precise precise and there wasn't really a musicality to it as much as there was okay we're going to do a, a measure of 12 4 followed by a 5 th 3 measure followed by a 15 and you're going to play this and just because you can and we were all good enough to do that that's kind of a i don't know i'm not a really big fan of that style of playing and i thought Bruford was way more musical i'll tell you what it showed up it showed up like because again when i started yeah. seeing yes Bruford was long gone right like alan white was my favorite drummer and, I, and he's terrific he is but when they came out with the acoustic yes stuff, Bruford was back to do that. And when you heard just, yeah. like I remember they were on, I don't know what talk show it was, and there was just three of them, and it was just Bruford and like, you know, your Ringo Starr drum set, for lack of a better term, yeah. where he could do with that was yeah. unbelievable. No, I yeah, mean, that's just, thing that is totally true. And, you know, those, those guys who had those huge drum sets, a lot of that was staged just for show. Yeah, yeah just, just, go, just, go on to, just go on to YouTube, and do a search on Bill Bruford master class. And it's like him in front of a bunch of students. Yeah. Like, you know, he's like just showing them how, and it's, it's incredible because he's just an amazing drummer, but it just like even the most simple things, it's just the way he does it or is just out of, out of its mind. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. symphonic yes is what I was thinking of. That was yeah. the album. And we get our guy in for the Columbus preview. Who's, um, who's going to come by to do that. We're going to have to talk about the kind of stuff. Cause I know he'd love to get into this discussion. Um, but we'll definitely do that, and then we'll be having some of the teams we're skipping. By the way, for those who are asking, a couple questions. When he comes on the preview, make sure he brings his cord, because otherwise he's not invited. <laughs> like a, um, he's a keyboard. He's a piano player. He'll just say, "I'm bringing my piano." Um, okay. So, um, he um, so some of the things, some of the questions I want to answer off the top. The teams we're skipping um, are because we have some really interesting people for them um, that we're going to bring on, and we're just trying to schedule a couple of them. I've already, I think I have Minnesota pretty much figured out for next week and I'll let you guys know soon, Monday, Tuesday, yeah, Wednesday. People are asking. <laughs> yeah. And Nashville, you know, and Nashville will be, we have the same kind of thing. You know, we have buddies there and I'm trying to get Pete Weber on to do that. And he's going to, he'll be, I'm sure happy to do that. So we're just working on the little bit of details here. And today we're going to, um, today we're going to skip ahead to New Jersey. Um, and also I want to throw out this too. Um, Many of you are going opening the site up on an iPad today or, or a phone. Um, you're seeing the mobile version of HockeyBuzz.com um, for the first time. This is a thing we kind of had to do for 
mostly uh, monetary reasons. Um, the way mobile advertising works versus like just regular, just throwing a regular page up. There's a whole new mobile advertising um, world, so we had to have a mobile site. I don't love it either, and some people. I, mean, I think it's good. I think it's fine, but it's not. You know, you're, it's not. It does help, and it is. It is more like a mobile site you typically see. But if you go to the bottom, you can also get the desktop site on. Um, so click on the bottom in the desktop site, and that'll bring up the desktop site all the time. But there won't be as many issues. Also, the desktop site didn't always translate perfectly with advertising onto the mobile site. So the the mobile site should be a lot faster, a lot quicker, a lot easier. If you're just trying to do something quickly, eventually you'll get used to it. But we all hate change. But this is not what the new website will look like when we're designing the website. This is a mobile website, clearly. Um, and finally, a little as a public announcement today, um, we are going to be playing around with the live chat on YouTube. So a couple of you guys like uh, Gambon, Brandon Blakely, William Coburn Jr., um, Martin, Randy, and uh, the rest are in there already. And um, that is going to be um, something that if you guys want to play around with too, um, we're going to be in there. And, and if you want to ask questions as the show goes on, we'll kind of respond to that. So this live chat is right to the right of this if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, if you're watching this on Hockey Buzz itself, we probably should have thought that through. But anyway, um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're right. If you're watching this live, it's best. If you're watching this on Hockey Buzz, it's pointless. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if I can go on YouTube and not have the sound come through. That's the thing. We, we, yeah, we can. You can. You can. You definitely can. I did it. I muted it. So, but we'll, uh, we'll get to some questions. So if you have any well, questions on there, we may find another way of doing that. No, well. I, actually, I could, it, there's a way for, for us just to, just to let you know. There's a way to pop out the, the chat in a separate window and not have it open on the browser. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so I, I have it open, so if people want to ask questions at the end of the show, maybe we can answer a couple. Oh, yes, I see. So if you click on the three dots to the right of right. the live chat, it says pop out chat, and I just did it, and there it comes. So that's great. So there you can watch on Hockey Buzz, which is better for us, for sure. So we'd love you to watch on Hockey Buzz, and then pop out the chat on YouTube. And um, yeah, uh, yeah I got go. the chat going without... Okay. Perfect. All right, so that's why, man, Google, they think of everything. Um, all right. Let's get let's get started because we got a lot to get into today, um, especially for you guys up in Calgary. <clears throat> Fun times ahead. All right, here goes. Ready? Um, hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, September thirteenth, twenty seventeen. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund. <laughs> You're watching the Hockey Buzz Guest on HockeyBuzz.com. Dramatic pause. Having a chat room going is just one too many things for my for my ADD. I've got I've already got my notes over here. I've got Reddit over there. I've got different things going here. I've got my texting on my phone on my computer now, so I can get stuff from people. Anyway, you're watching you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And today we're talking about the possible goings of the Calgary Flames. I don't really think that's a possibility, but there's a this is what happened so yesterday i mean and for months now almost like uh, maybe being every for a year, couple of years right calgary's been trying to get financing for a building out of their city and they haven't had any luck to the point where right at the beginning of the season i think not, not the beginning of the season but like towards the end of the playoffs it was last year that brian burke came out and said that he thought the team could move at some point um, which a lot of people just said, oh, that's kind of, that's craziness. There's, there's no way they're going to move. Um, and that there's just negotiations going on here. But, you know, Berkey was nervous about stuff like this because he was seeing this going nowhere fast, which is it has. And um, now Ken King, who is the president of the team uh, and representing the owners, came out and said, we're done. We're done trying to negotiate a new new, new arena with the city. Um, we've, got, we've tried for months and gotten spectacularly nowhere, he said. 
um, which is you know which is pretty which is pretty it's like not the actual word I got to find the actual word but spectacularly terrible is what he's saying and um, you know so but I'm sorry spectacularly unproductive is the word and he said that that's the way it is and so you know with the Calgary Saddle Dome being what it is not you know definitely not a modern arena um, still one of the older one of the older arenas now in the NHL even though it's not a terrible arena um, yeah. it's it's definitely um, something that's kind of fascinating to watch. And now, and him saying that on the on the eve, of course, I mean, on the, the day after Seattle mentions that they've got a big building coming up, and also the day after the Calgary mayor announces his reelection bid, there's a lot of things happening here. There's a lot of stuff at play. Um, yeah, but you know, and a lot of it's just talk too. Like again, when you search online, I found out that Calgary's lease expires 2033. Now that doesn't mean they can't try and break it. But then there'll be like a lawsuit, right? So then there's that potential. You you talked about Seattle. That's 2020 at best. Like, and that's yeah. saying a fast job. And so, like, none of these things are today or tomorrow or even next season. Yeah. Uh, Chris Daniels, who's the reporter in Seattle, who's been the guy that's been the conduit for most of the Seattle information, was interviewed on Toronto radio yesterday. And he said that with this $600 million agreement and the refurbishing of the key arena that they've moved up the schedule, but the schedule to complete all the renovations would be October of 2020. That, that That's three seasons from now. So if we're talking Calgary here and we're talking a credible threat, it's going to be uh, the Videotron, uh, the, the Video Dome or whatever the hell it's called in, in Quebec City. Uh, and and I, I think that... I mean, at least that's a that's a viable threat. I mean, the whole thing here that seems to be coming out is that Ken King and the Flames had not been making any progress with this mayor, and the mayor came out with his reelection campaign, as you mentioned, Doc, yesterday or in the over the last couple weeks. And part of his presentation was building the new building. Well, he's not being cooperative in terms of getting the new building built. So I think this is a shot across the bow from uh, from uh, the Flames organization. And if you see the comments that Gary Bettman made this morning, he basically called for Calgary fans to rise up and he have their voices heard regarding the situation in Calgary. And what the Flames are looking at right now is that big new arena in Edmonton, yeah. getting all the concert dates, having a you know having a, a you know a modern presentation people spending big money there and they want in and they're not getting cooperation from the local government so I don't blame the flames from holding uh, local government's feet to the fire yes but Evan took a bunch of time sorry I'm eating but <laughs> Evan took a ton of time to get done like seven years and Edmonton threatened to move there was there were those those you know there were hints there were you know they will go to Vegas we'll go to this we'll go to that this is this is part of the process so if they need the threat of possibly moving out of Calgary to get things moving then I think that's what that's what's going on here but they're also I think they're also trying to pour cold water on this mayor who is basically I think using them as a, as a political stance uh, and trying to get some you know some movement out of this situation. Yeah, and I yeah that's um that's 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 what I'm gathering too. The NHL, I mean, it does bring up the bigger general. But they don't have again. This is a situation where really they don't have much leverage because other than complaining that Edmonton's got their yeah. their arena, they have a lease deal. If if the city is supposed to upkeep 
the arena, which they may be in charge of. They could just ask them to do that, but they've been doing that. It's not like it's falling apart. It's one of the older ones. I get it, but they don't really have a great leg to stand on other than saying we're not happy with this. Now, if I'm wrong, Russ, the Cal the Saddle Dome was built for the 88 Olympics. Yeah, I think so. So it's it's almost 30 years older, maybe a few years older than 30 years old, because I know that when the Flames moved from Atlanta, they played in the Corral for a few years, and then they played in the Saddle Dome after that. But it took them a few years to build that, and I think it was part of, you know, once they got the Olympics, they built the Saddle Dome, or that was part of the plan. But, I mean, yeah, in this day and age, you cannot have a building that's 30 years old. Corporate boxes, access for, for big concerts, things of that nature – the, you know, it need your 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 arena needs to be modern and money making. And when you're when you built something in the '80s, it's not going to be up to the to the amenities that are commonplace in newer arenas. So that's why I think it's really important. And apparently, the Flames were willing to put up up to two hundred million dollars as part of this you know, as part of any agreement, but they can't get enough cooperation from the government in in Alberta. So, I, honestly. I'm not saying they're going to move because I don't think they will, but I'll tell you right now, they're going to put the, they're going to scare the life out of people in Calgary and get. Well, that's what you're doing today. Like, yeah. you know, you go and look into YouTube, and people in Calgary are acting like they were acting maybe was about ten or so years ago when they thought the team was going to move because they had no money, it wasn't doing well, all before the uh, the 2004 Stanley Cup. Remember, it was like. Right. There's a lot of gloom and doom. The Red Miles not doing well, like all that. Oh, yeah. And so they are just trying to scare them. But at the end of the day, You're I right. think they don't have any leverage. I they mean, don't really yeah. have any. I mean, if they've got at least till 2033. I mean, that's what I found online, yeah. What's the? I mean, if that's the case, then what is the, what is the point of that? I mean, the point of this is, I mean, granted, you know, you don't want their teams break leases all the time, I guess. But the NHL usually doesn't break leases, usually. No. But, and well, I would be surprised if they did. And I, I think that. But what they could be what what they could be trying to do here, Act, is the fact that they're not getting any kind of help from this mayor. So they're putting their they're putting their chips yeah, in, and maybe and maybe maybe his competitor is more friendly to them. And by coming out now and saying this guy is 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 using us and using the the promise of a new stadium to get reelected, they're trying to pour cold water on that. And and hopefully maybe he gets. You know he doesn't get reelected, and whoever comes in has a, they can have a better working relationship with that guy. Actually, I'm so I'm reading all the legalese. Not only is the lease not up until 2033, um, but that's when they have a chance to renew it for the next 50 years if they want. <laughs> and but it looks like that the Calgary does have to pay the city for the use of, and I think that's part of the going to be part of the issue too. Yeah, yeah. we're talking. We're t we're talking another we're talking another sixteen years. Yeah, they're not going to wait yeah, sixteen yeah. years for a new building. They're not. No, no. No, the one are, thing that, I mean, there's something we'll get done before that. I think this is probably more about saying, listen, we've negotiated with this mayor a bunch of times, like you're saying, Mike. We've been talking to him and been spectacularly unproductive, and yet he's telling you he's going to make this happen. Don't believe, don't believe him. I think that's part of you know, Calgary's a small town. Remember this. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's it's a city, of course, but it is it has a small town feel to it. So this is really the may that the mayor putting out that thing about the new arena in the you know in that special part of the town. I forget what it's called, but it really the, it's really a, you know a cool area. I've been there. 
and I can see what he's saying. But then that would excite me if I'm a Flames fan. So the Flames have to come out and say, "Listen, we're not going to do this because we're not. We're done. Yeah. We're done talking. This is this is really this is really. It seems like a political move to a degree. I mean, so, that's what the Flames would have to do is basically say, "We're not going to pay you the annual amount," and then that's where it will, would become a like court issue at some point. At some point, yes, exactly. And the one thing that, and this is just in the wind. It's not like, I mean, there hasn't been any kind of firm proposals or anything of that nature. But there has been talk uh, about another making a bid for another winter olympics in calgary you know 2024 2028 if that happens that would be you know i don't think that they might be able to use the saddle dome as a like a for something like short track speed you know or or speed skating or something like that but they would need a modern facility for for hockey and for other things so that you know maybe maybe just like in 88, maybe the building of a new arena could be tied to an Olympic bid. Do you need a modern arena for curling? Let's think about, pause and think about that. Stop. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's my son's favorite sport. It's a, I've told you that story. I think about Not it. even a sport. Come on. We use the Canadian satellite. Oh, so you're alienating everybody north of the border. Come you know, on. You know, you, know how, you know, curling started by, you know, by spewing dead cats across the ice. That's how it was. That's how it began. Curling um, started by a bunch of guys who didn't want to clean the house. So they went and decided they would drink and smoke and clean the rink instead and then turned it into what they called a sport. I am not associated with any of these comments, folks. No, I love curling. I've done it. I've actually done There's a curling club not too far from me. Hey, you look like you have curling muscles. I, I was just going to say that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Well, I can't curl. My hair is too short. I would say my muscles are curling, but not in a good way. Um, okay, so... Um, Russ is just excited that he's going to get to try a drink of toast tonight and take a boost. I'm very excited. All right. Um, well, that's the reason why he's not showing up for the show tomorrow. Because don't have any any caffeine, Russ, afternoon. Because you're going. This is going. I'm not going to have any. I, I haven't had any today, actually. So I'm good. This will this will this will be your your standard allotment for the next three days. Um, okay. Just saying, that's the basic. <laughs> um, here's the terms of the agreement are pretty interesting, Russ. You put it in that chat room. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Know, See what you could find. I mean, yeah. Well, this is all public knowledge, you know. This is yeah. all public stuff. So, yeah. Well, that they seem pretty locked in to me. Um, They're pretty locked in, as you can see. Pretty solid. Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, which, we'll get back. Which, to which that. is Calgary fans don't need to really worry or fret um, for a while, for sure. And I think at the end of the day, you know, this does bring up the great debate, which is always a good debate that we don't have to get into today because we have enough to also talk about. But at some point, we've debated this before. What should what should a city and a citizenship like that? Was just telling people to get on the city of Calgary, right? Yeah. Is that really the right? Is that really the right thing for him to say? I mean, at, is it really the what else can he say? Really, say people's yeah. responsibility to pay for the arena of million of billionaires. You know, like that's the question, and that comes up many, many times. And you know, I live in a city that was built where the arena was built by Ed Snyder. You know, and he put out the money and put it together. But that's rare. I mean, it doesn't happen rare, that way. One of the last ones I think that was built that way. Um, yeah. His, well, here's what an owner will I think tell you. Caesars Arena was built that way, though, too, if I'm not I mistaken. think it was. Here's what an owner will tell you, though, most of the time. And and I don't disagree with them. Do you want a team or not? Would you would you be willing to pay something, or would you rather see your team go away? And, you know, at the end of the day, you could ask fans of any city that have lost teams, and I was reading just in the YouTube part, they would rather their team be there, and they definitely would pay to keep it there. Right. And that is the reality. 
it is the reality. I totally agree. And I, I think that look, a fan, whether you're going to every game at home for season but, tickets or you're going four or five times a year, you're not paying expenses. You're not paying all those things that an owner has to pay. Uh, yeah, no, you're not at all. And that is always what's brought up during the strikes to the lockout. Things like that. Like there's, there's so many people that, that they still have to actually, you know, take yeah. care of. Right. And there's so many things that, you know, when they, whenever, whenever the players, sit there and say, oh, you're hiding revenue from us, you know, for the revenues like that. The owners are quick to point out, well, you're not, you're also not really sharing the revenue, sharing this, sharing the expenses with us. You know, there's, there's other yeah, aspects. Players never sharing the expenses, ever. They're not paying for the secretaries and all that. They're not paying for all the, all the hot dog vendors and stuff like that. The, you know, that's why, that's why this is happening the way it is. Um, yeah. So it's hard for me to type in the chat room, guys, because my type, my computer's up here, so I'm not going to type, but I'll just say Robbie that says it should be. Um, so you have to pay attention to the chat room if you want to hear, want to understand what that was. Anyway, um, all right, so moving on, let's move on to NHL 18, which is coming out very soon, correct? Yeah, uh, in like three days. That's what I thought. I can't wait. I always get it's it. It's the 15th. It's two days. Two days. I always get this game. I love, I love, I love the NHL series. I've been getting it since before it was even dated as NHL whatever. Um, and I, I, what will happen is that, like it happens every year. I will play it a bunch for the first couple of days I have it, and then I will go online and be schooled by twelve-year-olds in in Alberta who will then oh. end Saskatoon, and then I will get frustrated and never play it again. But that's what happens with me with every one of these. But games. I always find something in the game that I guess somebody doesn't focus on. Like last year, I did something on just goalie mode. If you remember, that's all I played it in because I wanted right. to feel like a goal, and it's great. But you, it does really encapsulate what it's like to be a goalie, where literally the play is all by you, and you've got to be ready. Every I love second. it. I, mean, I really, I didn't do that. I should have done that. I'm going to do that. And, and then it's down at the other end for like forever. <laughs> I like, I love, I love the the uh, be a pro mode where you're actually going up through the AHL and stuff like that. And yeah. I love the sitting on the bench parts of the game where you're. Yeah. <laughs> that's the greatest yeah. thing, you know. And I always do turn off the, you know, because you can you can make it so that you put yourself on. I would always turn that off and have the coaches just like, so sometimes the coach wouldn't play me for almost an entire period. I would just sit yeah. there, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, what, as an adult, what am I doing with my life? You know, like, what kind of time is it that I sit here and, you know, but, but as far as getting engulfed in, now this year, the cool thing that I've heard about so far, and I haven't really done enough research on it yet, I'll, I definitely will, we'll, we'll talk about this game. Russ, I also didn't know that you played this game, like, um, oh yeah, I'm not a great player as much. Are you on PlayStation or Xbox, or what are you, Xbox? Or I have an Xbox One, yeah. We should play, you know. We yeah, should do. We should. We should, be, we should play like over, over the air, you know. That'd be fun. That's we should fine. get. A, I think we can get a hockey league going as long as you're well, not. Don't, don't don't include me. Don't include me because first of all, I don't have an Xbox One. I have an Xbox Three Sixty. That's so. Well, I, I have an extra Xbox One. I can get you, Mike. You can play it. I'm a very dirty player, and I'm a. I and as good friends of mine will call me, I'm a button masher. I'm from that era where. <laughs> That's I've got one thing going for me, and it's my my username is Buzz Eklund, and people fill out figure out I'm Eklund, so they'll talk to me about rumors the entire time. They'll, <laughs> they'll play me, um, and they'll put one one people one one team actually put me on their team, which was horrible. I mean, they were all so good, they were just you know they, they basically I think I ended up being the left defenseman or something like that. But. <laughs> plus, plus I, I I could I could be the worst the worst player. So you want me in your league because I'm a guaranteed victory for you. I That's think what, three of us should put a team together with uh, like we should get like Ty and we should get like Dan and we should just put it we should just put that's fine. I'm, I'm willing to do that. That'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun. It would be I, I just I, I just have to like I, then I could actually play the game because right now I can't play it for work. You know, like I could sit there and tell my wife, Yeah, I'm playing the game for work. Right. I just I just have to say this for equal time. Stratomatic releases their game on September thirtieth. And the rate and the ratings are already out. 
there there's no equal time when it's when you're comparing Stratomatic to a video game. I'm sorry, Mike. There's not it's not it's not yeah, even Stratomatic is killer, clearly superior. Right. Right. <laughs> the like the epic like is to the calculator. The best hockey ever for video hockey, and I can tell you this because I just got one of these off of um I was at a garage sale this two weeks ago and it was hilarious. I'm walking through the neighborhood and they have like this big neighborhood garage sale thing. And you know, we should have so we have so much crap that we should have put out there. Um, I'm really mad that we didn't. But anyway, so we get out. I get out there and I walk up to a house and they have a Coleco Pong game out there on for sale. Really? Like the original Pong, you know, with the with the dials. Yeah, yeah. And like, where and he's like, I don't know. I'm like, how much do you want for? He's like, fifty cents. I'm like, sure, I'll take it. So I bring it home. And it took a little while because I had to figure. You know, I didn't have like. You remember how you set set them up? They had like, like two things in the back that would hook into the antennas. You know, oh, yeah, what yeah, yeah. TV of yours has the has the UHF antenna thing still? Or VHF and okay, so this is the Coleco Vision. No, this is um, yeah, maybe. I'll, I'll yeah, I think it's Coleco Vision, like that. I know, I remember that. It, it, it had hockey pong on it, which is to me, hockey pong is still the greatest, the hockey greatest video hockey I've ever made. I'm. Uh, I mean, there were better games than that. Well, no, I mean, there, we can, we definitely can, we should get into this debate again. But I think, I, I, well, I, have I mean, right back here. Wait a second. I will, I will tell you this: nothing beat the intro of Blades of Steel. Nothing. Okay. Funny you say that, Russ. Here you go. Behind me? Yeah. Blades of Steel. Yeah. The cartridge that sits on my desk all the time back here. Awesome game. Incredible game. But I actually, my favorite game, and I think it... I but know, NHL 94 was always like the high bar. Like, that's why when they brought it back, it was cool that they brought it back. We did an NHL 94 um, charity tournament a couple years ago. That's another thing I would like to do. Um, that was really fun. I got killed at that. Um, Captain Neo and I used to Captain Neo and I used to play NHL '94 relentlessly when we lived together um, before I was married and he was married. It was like um, so, yeah. But actually, I think Nintendo Ice Hockey is still my favorite. We talked about that one that came out the other day with the little guy, fat guy, and yeah, you know, that was those are those are definitely my that favorite. Was good, but it wasn't great. No, it was really good because you it was it was the kind of thing that wasn't great on the outset, but once you got into the actual strategy of the three different players, it became a lot of fun, and you play against somebody. No, I actually, in the first arcade Wait, game... Are you talking about NHL Open Ice? No, I'm talking about NHL Ice Hockey for an Okay, because NHL Open Ice was fun. That was three on three. Yeah, this is... this is um, Open Ice is good, too. The first video, the first arcade game I ever got before I started collecting broken ones and fixing one... Yeah. Fixing them was Hat Trick, which is a really... which is, That was just one-on-one -on -one with a goalie on each side, and that's a phenomenal game, too. So, anyway, this is something that I can talk about forever, but I won't. Like, NHL Open Ice was great if you're a Ranger fan because you had, like, Gretzky and Messier. But, like, you know, if you if you were a, um, a Leafs fan, it was, like, Freddie Modine and Steve Sullivan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they put out uh, they put out three-on-three -three hockey a few years ago, EA Sports did, you know? Yeah. And that was really good. Three-on-three -three hockey was really good for EA Sports. But I want So, anyway, getting into this, NHL 18 always predicts the end of the season. I hope you guys haven't seen this yet or much of this, but I want to get into it because the new predictions are out. Um, and uh, anyway, and I want to see if you guys wanted to figure it because I we were talking yesterday about the Montreal Canadiens. Okay, the Montreal yep. Canadiens are predicted by NHL 18 to win the President's Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's fantastic. With 109 points, we were yep. talking. We were talking about um, so they're, they're the Pacific. Um, Edmonton, Calgary, and Anaheim making the playoffs. So they got three teams making the playoffs. That's kind of we could all kind of agree with that. Edmonton, Calgary, Anaheim probably. That's going to be probably the consensus I would say. In the in the Central, five teams making the playoffs. This also makes some sense. Uh, St. Louis winning the Central with 105 points. That's a little surprising for me, but you know could happen. Minnesota second, Chicago third, Nashville fourth, but with the same amount of points. I guess 
Chicago just beat them out in tiebreaker. And Dallas fifth. Okay, those five teams, I can see that in the Central. That's okay. That's possible, yeah. Now, now the Atlantic. Montreal, 109 points. Tampa, 104 points. Ottawa, 104 points. Boston, 98 points. <laughs> Toronto, 94 points. <laughs> but, so wait, so now you're all, telling me out of the Metro, like two teams are making the playoffs. All five of those teams are in the playoffs in the Atlantic. That's so what I'm saying. Atlantic. That will never happen. No. No, 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 no. Negatory. In the Metro. Pittsburgh 98. But some of this has to do, I think, with what you guys were saying about like the fact that the, there's the, the Atlantic has a couple teams down there at the sort of, you know, towards the bottom that they can beat up on. But I think that Boston might be one of them. So anyway, um, Pittsburgh, <laughs> um the, the Metro, Pittsburgh 98 points, the Rangers 92, and the Capitals 92. And that is it. Um, after that, it goes it. the Islanders at 87, the Hurricanes at 86. The Flyers 81, Columbus at 81. That's a hard call. That's, that's, tough. that's, that's, that's that is friggin' ridiculous. That's I mean, tough. now remember. Unless, unless unless they have an insight into Sergei Bobrovsky's groin and he knows yeah. he's yeah. Come on. That's ridiculous. Now remember here about something about this, okay? Um, all right, that there is a um, – watch the chat room. See, I can't do too much distraction. Um, all right. I'm watching the chat. Don't worry. Okay, that the Columbus Blue Jackets, this is a little bit like Stratomatic. Like Columbus and Stratomatic won't be that good this year because they weren't very good last year, right? At times. No, they, no, they, no, 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 no. Obviously, they were good. They they they, they set a record. You know, they had a great run and get a great run. But they didn't after that they struggled, right? So they don't factor in play they don't they don't factor in playoffs in Stratomatic. They don't. I know, and they they don't in this either, I don't think. No, they don't in this. Right. right. This is based off the regular season last year, right? I mean, yeah. Russ knows the person who does this, does the rating. As far as I know, it's it's based off the regular season. I've never told, been told that playoffs matter. So right. leading scorers, the top, top five scorers by team, I'm just going to – I'll go through some of these really fast for you. Um, just like, all right, uh, Anaheim, Getzlaff, Arizona, Domi. All right. Um, Boston, Bergeron, Buffalo, Eichel, Calgary, Gaudreau, Carolina, Skinner. Chicago Kane, Landeskog for Colorado, Cam Atkinson for Columbus, Tyler Sagan. Oh, come on, wait. No. Cam Atkinson. Come on. Cam Atkinson, 71 points. So, I mean, so Panarin's a non-factor. Did he get hurt in game? So wait, wait, wait. Fascinating. I'll yeah. I'll Where is Panarin on this list? He's not in the top five scorers for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'll, I'll tell you something right now. I'll tell you something right now. I think the guy who did the ratings for Columbus was Larry Brooks. Because it's, 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 this is ridiculous. Unless Panarin got hurt when they dropped the puck at the start of the season, he'd be in their top five scorers. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, Dubinsky, Wenberg, and Jenner are the top five scorers. That doesn't make any they, sense. They forgot Panarin is on the team. That's what they, they did. They have Jenner at 51 points. You don't think Panarin's going to get 51 points? <laughs> that's, that's, that's insane. Uh, it also has Hansel at 48 points as a fifth scorer for uh, – Oh, that's fine. But, again, know, that's Panarin will beat that. All right, Detroit, Zetterberg, Edmonton – McDavid. Shocking. But they also have Dylan Larkin at 40 points as the fifth leading scorer on Detroit. I think Dylan Larkin's going to have more than that. They're, they're basically too much of last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Florida, Barkov, um, obviously Edmonton, McDavid. Um, L.A. Kopitar, um, but Toffoli, no. Toffoli no. with more points than Jeff Carter. Toffoli points Jeff Carter. Yeah, Kopitar is not going to outpoint Jeff Carter. No way. Is certainly not going to outpoint Jeff Carter. No, no. Um, Minnesota, Grandland. Um, uh, Galchenyuk for Montreal was 69 points. No, that's possible. Pacioretty, 67. Durant, 66. Um, uh, the Predators, Forsberg, okay. The Devils, Hershier. Um, Wait, Nico Hershier is going to be the top scorer on the Devils? He's an outscore, he's an outscore Taylor Hall. 
Nico That's Heischer tough. was 77 points. Taylor Hall was 72 points. We're going to talk 77? about 77? Wow. Yeah, there's Tavares. Um, the, the Rangers. Mr. Miller, my favorite buddy, um, 74 points. JT Miller will not re- lead the Rangers in scoring. No. 74 points, which is 21 points more than they say Rick Nash will get. Uh, well, that's fair. I mean, I, 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 unfortunately, yeah. I think that's right. Zachary Zuccarello with 49. Uh, no, that's about right. He, that's where he levels off at. So who's the leading scorer on them? Kreider? Yeah, it could be Kreider. It, it could be Shattenkirk. This could be a year like when Brian Leach led the team. Shattenkirk leads the team. There you go. Wouldn't yeah, shock me. Ottawa Carlson, okay. Uh, Flyers Giroux. Now, what's interesting on this is, is um, although this year – I still can't say his name right. Heesher. Right, you said it right that time. Heesher, right? That's right. Sorry, I got to get it right. Heesher. Um, it's like he and Heesher. Heesher. Like Heesher sheep. Got it. All right. Heesher. Um, Heesher sheep. So the, he's on the top five. He's the top scorer for the Devils. And yet, Nolan Patrick, not in the top five scorers for the Flyers. Well, no, I think. Because he's going to be in the WHL. <laughs> Again, it's a 50-50 proposition if he makes it, and they're basing right. it on last year when he was hurt. I mean, that's fair. So they go, okay, Giroux, that's fine. Um, Pittsburgh, Malkin, 88. Crosby, 85. Um, Kessel, 78. Well, Crosby, when's the last time he scored 85 points? Yeah, Crosby would have to be hurt to score 85 points. Correct. San Jose, Pavelski. Uh, St. Louis, Tarasenko. Tampa Bay, Stamkos. Um Toronto, William Nylander. Um, Baloney. 70 points. Um, Baloney. JVR, 63 points. Austin Matthews, 61. Yeah. Mitch Martin, 61. All right. The Marner and Matthews, 61. Uh, Vancouver Erickson. Um, Louis Erickson with his big re- – I mean, that is crazy to me on so many levels. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, for, the, for the Vegas Knights, who do they think is going to be the leading scorer of the Vegas Knights? Brandon Leipzig. Nope. No, um, I'm going to go uh, – oh, and I saw who it was yesterday. I would have gone with James Neal. Shipachev. They think it's going to be Shipachev. Nope, Shipachev, they have his third. No, it's somebody else. I saw who it was. Marcheseau? Oh. They think it's going to be Marcheseau? Marcheseau. Yeah. No. Washington Ovechkin um, and Winnipeg Shifley. That's fine. Just to give you an idea, last year Crosby had 89 points in only 75 games. Come on. Right, right. so he's going to have to be hurt again. Um and he, I remember Crosby had a horrendous start, right? Wasn't horrendous, it? and the year before was not a great year, and he still had 85 points in only 80 games. He didn't even play yeah. a full year. No, and, and I, you know, I think the biggest thing for Crosby is going to be, honestly, this year, and I'll talk about this when I get to Pittsburgh, but I've, when I've been doing my, my previews for this team, Jake Getzel is going to be enormous. Yeah, Getzel could be huge for him. I mean, he could really he, – he brings Crosby an element that Crosby hasn't had really before, I think. All right, uh, top top – Goal scorers. Uh, these are all pretty. Uh, these are fine. I'm going to go with these. I won't go back that. Um, top ten save percentages. Okay, for um, Carey Price, number one. That's fine. Nine thirty. Number two, for the fifth place Toronto Maple Leafs, Frederick Anderson, um, nine twenty-seven. How does how does he get a how does Frederick Anderson get a that good of a save percentage with that kind of team in front of him and then not division? That's nuts to me. How's that working? Anyway, third Pekarene. Well, That's based on the fact that they say Matthews is getting 61 points, they're, they're saying that the Leafs are going to have trouble scoring. Yeah, they are. They are saying the Leafs are going to have trouble scoring, which is, I guess, possible. But, you know, I don't know. The playoffs are upon us now. Ready? Yeah. We go through this really fast because I want to do this. Uh, Dallas takes out St. Louis in, in five games. Um, then uh, Chicago takes out Minnesota in six games, which is 
which happens every year, I think. Right. So that's just a law. Um, Calgary takes on Anaheim in seven games. Anaheim loses another seventh game. Oh, Lord. Um, Not happening. Nashville takes out Edmonton in seven games. I would love to see that. That would be hilarious. That would be great. I could totally go with that. On the other side of it, Pittsburgh takes out Boston in seven games. Um, the Rangers take out the Capitals in seven games. The Maple Leafs take out the Canadians in seven games. Uh, the celebration there would be akin to winning the Stanley Cup. That would be, yeah, that would be the biggest thing that's happened in Toronto since. Um, it would be. That's. I don't even think that would happen. To be big incident. Um, Tampa takes out Ottawa in five. Okay. Now we're going to the second round. Um, Chicago takes out Dallas in five. Nashville takes out Calgary in seven. So Nashville doing what I kind of said they would do yesterday, actually. <laughs> going pretty far, right? Um, on the other side, Pittsburgh takes out the Rangers in five. That's probably what would happen. <laughs> seems to be what yeah, So you and a computer programmer are, are on the same wavelength. That's good. Bit, yeah. Tampa takes out Toronto in six. Ah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, the, so that leaves your final four of Chicago, Nashville, Pittsburgh, and Tampa. All right, so Chicago takes out Nashville in seven. That'd be a great rematch, wouldn't it? After Nashville, after Nashville swept. Yeah, I don't see that happening, though. I don't. No, I think if they, I think if they play, I'm giving it. They time. matched up, but we go the other way. Yeah, I think Nashville's. I mean, they they showed last year they can play that team. Pittsburgh sweeps Tampa in four. No, which no will not way. happen either. No, no way. And leading to the final Stanley Cup of Chicago versus Pittsburgh, which is the one Stanley Cup that I really do want to see because we yeah. haven't seen it. That's that, that that was possible three years ago. I don't think that's possible. I don't think we're seeing that this year. No, I know, but isn't that the one team that the, the one you kind of wanted to see, like yeah, either, oh, yeah. LA Pittsburgh or Chicago Pittsburgh at some point? I'll save I'll save my my cup prediction till to our preview show, but I'll just say it's not going to be Pittsburgh Chicago. Chicago would sweep them, they say, and then win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. With Michael Kepney as their fourth defenseman, way to go. The top 10 playoff scorers, Patrick Kane, would lead the, lead the way, of course, because yeah. he's pretty good. Um, Ryan Ellis will be fourth in scoring in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's, um, I'm going to move on in a second. I just want to do some of the winners that they have here. They, so the President's Trophy, um, the, uh, the so gets good. Okay, let's go to the Hart Trophy. Their Hart Trophy, Patrick Kane. Their Norris Trophy, Eric Carlson. Their Lady Bing, Patrick Kane. Boy, they're going on a limb on this one. Yeah, I know. Their their Calder Trophy, he shears sheep. Their Vezina um, Trophy winner, Kerry Price. The Consmite Trophy, nope. Corey Crawford, the Vezina Trophy winner, Kerry Price. Corey Crawford. Well, oh. if they win the Stanley Cup, yeah. Yeah. Sure. The Jennings Trophy would go to Lundquist. Um, That's probably not happening. The Bill yeah. Maston Trophy for outstanding overcoming something in a video game. Antoine Roussel. What is that? <laughs> exactly. What are they predicting? A horrible if I if, if you're if you're predicted to win the Masters in Trophy by a video game, you better lock your doors because you're no, gonna, no, no. The, the, the lady the, the lady Bing is gonna be between <laughs> Brad Marchand, Antoine Roussel, and uh, Brendan Gallagher. <laughs> Here's the reason the, the reason the Rangers don't win the Jennings is because I don't have enough faith in Pavlik. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I think Brooks Orpik, who's gonna win the Masters and they say, um, I think he should lock he should lock his doors and just be worried for his life. And um, this and this Duffy would be Bergeron again. The Ted Lindsay Award would be um Patrick Kane and the Maurice Rochard Award would go to Connor McDavid. So um you know, and I, someone where the first comment I saw about this, which is absolutely true. Cool. Now run this twenty more times and compile the average stats. I'd be interested to see how that should move. I, see, I would like to see them do that too. Because yeah, maybe, they should do that. They should say we ran this fifty times, and this is why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? We can do that. Um, we do get that. it. We can do that. 
because that would give you like you know just one time through. I mean, that's like I think the Flyers were in the were winning the Stanley Cup two years ago or something like that. You know, I don't know. Anyway, I always like I love the fact they do it. It's always kind of fun. It puts pressure on Montreal, which they don't need. Um, but anyway, that's, that's gonna be fun. But um, let's uh, let's let's jump into New Jersey before we. I mean, tonight actually before we get into New Jersey, there were a couple um, more rookie games last night. The um, uh-huh. the Canadians played the the the, the uh, Vegas Knights. In a, isn't that right? Is it the Canadians? I think they played the Knights. I think they did. Yeah. I thought it was the Canadians. I know that I know the Knights lost six to one despite scoring first, um, and uh, in a rookie game. That was just a rookie game, obviously. But you know, winner of the regular season on a lot of nights. Yeah, I mean the rookies for the night should be just as good as the rookies for anybody else, but um, you know the, apparently the goalie that they played for the Knights um, had a, the first half of that game shut out the Canadian the rookie. Actually, it's not true. You know why? Because yes. some of the guys playing are guys that were drafted two years ago, and some of the guys who just came over from overseas. Like the Knights don't have any of those guys. Yeah, that's true. They've some they've collected some, but you know they're not their guys. So um, those of you in the chat room, do, do us a favor. Um, once the Devils are done, we'll answer some, we'll answer like a couple questions from the chat room every day. We'll do that. We'll try that. That'll be fun. So um, we're going to do the Devils thing first, and then um, so get get some questions ready. You can post them now, but if you want to just wait to post until we're done, the Devils. That's fine. Well, j- just a couple things before we do the preview. Um, uh, Chris Johnston uh, from Sportsnet reported Pasternak is still in the Czech Republic, so he will not. Oh yeah, sorry. He will not be at the opening of training camp. I told you. I told you it was time. Even if they sign him, I heard he might not be in training camp. Right, because it takes. No, you can't get a visa overnight in this country anymore. And see, that's the thing. I, Meg, I, I told you that at some point I felt like he was going to hold out of camp, but I also feel like this is going to be gloom and doom for the Bruins because this this is is not going to mix well in their locker room. Yeah, and, and and as I said, as I said yesterday, when Brad Marchand comes out and says, "I don't have a problem with him making more than me," you know, he's not doing ownership any favors, but he's got his contract, so he doesn't really care. He's going to get paid his money, and he just want he knows that the 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 success or failure of that team could rely on when Pasternak gets in because they're going to be in a tight race. It's going to probably be a couple points between them making or missing the playoffs. And if Pasternak's out for five, six, ten games, that's yeah. going to hurt the Bruins' ask, chances. Ask Marshawn if he has a problem with Pasternak. If Pasternak's not there for the first week of camp, he might change his tune. Now, uh, the other thing was Elliot Friedman was on a local Buffalo radio show and said that you know, talked about the Duchesne situation. Yeah. There is talk right now about him not showing up for the beginning of training camp. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. Uh, Friedman thinks that he he should show up because if he doesn't show up, it's just going to make things more difficult in terms of them trading, getting a trade done. You know, if he if basically Duchesne should go to camp, start the season, play. You know, try not to make any waves, and the, the deal will, will get done. But if he tries to for, if he tries to force Colorado's hand. Colorado is apparently in a mindset right now. Sackick is like like Eiserman was with Jonathan Drouin in Tampa, and he's not going to be held hostage by a player. But you know what? This is Colorado's fault. This is there. They they were the ones who this, tried to this trade. This feels like Eli, I mean I love Elliot Freeman. He's one of the, he's one of the nicest guys out there too, and super good to me and all that stuff. Um, but this I have, I have to call him out a little bit on this. It's sounding a little bit like he's doing Sackick's business here, like by saying that he should show up to camp. Like I think that. I mean, if because of what we know of, of the fact that you know the agent, I, I have a good on good sources that the agent and 
Duchesne are both unhappy with some of the deals that were turned down and feel like they're that you know if you're not going to take those kind of deals you're never going to trade them. So if you're them, you're sitting there frustrated. Duchesne's a great guy. He would not stand. He would not sit out. We talked about this. He would not sit out unless there was a really good reason. True. Um, so for Elliot Freeman to say that you should just go and trust that this is going to happen, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's a really hard one. That that sounds like you know what that sounds like Sackick, who of course you know is one of those Canadian guys who's tight with Elliot, saying you know put this out there. I just it feels to me like that. I might be totally wrong, and I apologize if I am. But if I'm the agent and Duchesne, they're definitely thinking that way. I'm just throwing it out there that they are thinking that for 100 percent that that's what's happening here. So that's and that's a, that's a really messed up situation. Um, I don't think he's going to show up for camp. Um, Robbie Stutz, by the way. Um, I think in our chat room. I think he shows up. By the way, YouTube chat room, check it out. Um, on this, it's pretty fun. Um, and uh, definitely, where you can open it in a separate window, and we'll show you how to do it later. So let's go to the New Jersey Devils, shall we? Um, all right, or should I say the Philadelphia 76 No, the New Jersey Devils, both owned by Joshua oh. Harris. Both owned by Joshua Harris. And the Devils are probably on a better track than the Sixers. Yeah, I think, they're, um, I think they might be on a better track long term. People will argue because the Sixers, like, well, they had the great team this year if they're all healthy. So we'll see. Yeah, finished seventh in the Metropolitan Division, um, 17 points behind the sixth place team, Carolina. This was a bad team last year. Um, 61, <laughs> minus 61 goal differential, never good. Um, goals per for game, they were 28th. Goals against per game, they were 25th. Uh, power play percentage, they were 22nd, 23rd. So in the 20s on all four of those, you're not making the playoffs. Um, young forward group 25.3 age um young young forwards for sure so that's that's something to look forward to um mm -hmm. a lot of americans on this team oh that's yeah a lot of, of americans on this team um and this is the craziest stat for them and i'll throw this out right away because i've been doing this now of the top 18 players so you get your top uh you know your 12 forwards your six your top 20 players, your, your 12 forwards, your six defensemen, and your two goal, two goalies, according at least to the site rosterresource.com, a grand total of four Canadians out of 20. That is something that I've never seen before. That is insane. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, honestly, one of those is John Quenville, you know. So I, I think he's going to make it. He should make it. But after that, you've got Severson, Henrique, and Hall. So that's, that is not a lot of Canadians. You know, in the meantime, you have six, nine, 12, 14 Americans, 14 Americans, four Canadians on this team. Um, and of course, Nico, of course, is a Swiss player who everybody's looking forward to seeing in Nico Hishier. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Hishier, <laughs> sorry, Hishier. I'll get this name right. Sorry. Um, this is a this is a team again, a similar team to like a lot of first round draft picks on this team, um, but a lot of, and a lot of young players. You know. Great goaltending in Corey Schneider. This is this without Corey Schneider, this team's in this team's in dire straits. Corey Schneider will keep them in games. But the funny thing about this team and what's really interesting, so they made a who is it that they got the um the, the, the Will Butcher, okay? Will Butcher, the NCAA guy, said his reason for going to the Devils was quote because I like their run and gun style. To hear to hear somebody say that that about the Devils to me was just unbelievable. <laughs> well, they're gonna be this year. I think that's what he's looking at because. When you when you're adding Heisher and you have Hall and you've got Zaka, those are guys who could really skate. Johansson can really skate. And now on defense, yeah, they you know what they have. I gotta tell you that their their three pairings on defense are pretty damn good. Yeah, they're yeah. Not and, bad. Um, Green, Lovett, Morris, Everson, Butcher, and and with the retirement of Eliash, 
with the injury to Travis Zajac, there's going to be a turnover up front on the Devils, not only Hall, not only Heashier, but we're talking, you know, guys like Miles Wood and, you know, possibly Michael McLeod, although they might might probably want him to Yeah, I don't think play. McLeod's going to make it. You know, Quenville is definitely a possibility. Blake Spears made the team last year, yeah. So you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a lot of young guys. Uh, now they've added they added Drew Stafford as a as a veteran uh, sort of plug in, and I think that you know they're they're hoping that he's one of these guys like Lee Stempniak a couple years ago, where he has some success, and maybe they can trade him off at the deadline and get and get uh, a draft pick or a higher draft pick for him. But it's right now it's just basically a lot of youth and good goaltending, but there's not a lot of defense there. I, I I think that there's there's still a year or two away, but there is some talent in New Jersey, and I think they're on the right track. There's some talent there. Um, if people go later to Sportsology, I have a video up in my Metro uh, Rookie Camp edition where there's a, a shot of uh, Blake Spears making a really nice play on a goal. Devil sent me some video on that. That was that was good to see. I also look at them and I say, you know, Jimmy Hayes is a is a an yeah. invite. Like he could still make this roster, and and that's somebody who could help this team and even give them a little more size. I mean, they have Brian Boyle now, so they they have some size and speed. They're yeah. not going to be easy to play against this Devils team. If they play the way they've been playing the last couple of years, they are going to sting some teams because they're going to keep games close. They're going to have some good grinders out there. They have, you know, if Will Butcher turns into the defenseman, I think he can be. They've got some puck-moving defensemen. They have one on every pairing, which is nice. Uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of disagree with roster resource having Stevens, Severson on, on the second pairing. I don't think that's going to happen, but no. it could. It could. I mean, you're really putting Andy Green and Lovejoy as your top pairing? I wouldn't. No. Yeah, I mean – Russ, if I if I had to predict predict what their defense is going to be, it's going to. I mean, I'm not saying pairings. It's going to be Green, Lovejoy, Moore, Severson, Mirko, Mueller, and Butcher. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Mueller will make it over over Santini. I don't think Severson should be on the second pairing. No, I think he should be on the top pairing. A- Andy Green at 34 should be on the second pairing. I'm sorry, like that's just. Ben, ben Lovejoy can handle himself. He, he doesn't – you don't need two veteran guys up there. When you're matching up against other teams that you need some speed, yeah, you're going to need Severson. So I don't think that pairing would last long. But you never know. But, I mean, otherwise, look, Zaka I think will have a really good year. Yeah. They, they've got a pretty good-sized team. And if you look at it, most of their players are six feet and over on offense. And on defense – Yeah, they're big. They're, they're big. I do agree with you. I noticed that too. I mean, you know, they're big and they're fast. They're um, they're going to be hard to play against. They are. They could. You know, they will. They get be able to get out of the basement of the of the. Yes, uh, they'll get out of the basement. I mean, it's still an awfully tough division. And who's going to who who's, who's going to go to the basement below them? I won't say right now because we haven't done all the teams. Wow, you're that low in Philly. That's my prediction. That's your prediction. I'm not saying one way or the other. I don't. I don't have Philly down there at all. But um, that's, I, I yeah. may or may not. Uh, yeah. The the team the team that I pick for the bottom of the division is having arena problems right now. <laughs> wow. All right. We'll see. But no, I think that. Um, oh no, no, that's not possible. No, 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 no. Sure. All right. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have a really good, interesting thing when we get to that. Then. Um, all yeah. right. So, not a playoff team. Not, not a playoff. Play, not a playoff team. Yeah, not a playoff team. Um, on the right track, though, I do like that. I like Ryan Clough as an assistant coach, too. I think that was a good hiring. Um, 
I do think Chloe works really well with a lot of people told me that he and, and remember in San Jose especially how people said he worked really well with young players so yeah if you can make four there's a guy in you on the YouTube chat room that's saying he wouldn't want to play New Jersey needing a win to make the playoffs I agree with that I just don't like agreeing to a guy named snots I don't agree with snot <laughs> <laughs> well you just have to I, I'm, um, I'm not gonna no all right, so if any, any questions you guys have in, in there, um, it'll be great to just uh, throw up any questions you want, and we'll try. I'm going to go back and see if there were any back there. Um, do you guys see any clear standouts from the prospect tournament? I haven't um, seen enough of any of them to, to be able to say that. I've been seeing the The one prospect tournament that I saw, which was Montreal, uh, Ottawa, and Toronto, uh, the standout for Ottawa was Thomas Shabbat. Who was, which is not a big shock because Shabbat's probably going to make the uh, make the sends this year, especially with uh, the the news that came out yesterday that uh, that Carlson is isn't even starting training camp. He's probably going his, his him being out is probably going to last into the regular season, maybe a few yeah. weeks. But it makes sense. Take your time with him because he's such an important guy. Don't rush him back. Let him get to a hundred percent because a hundred percent of Carlson, you'll make up any ground that you lose. Um, with Montreal, I, I would say um, actually their goalie McNiven looked pretty good, which you know. The, but uh, I, I was not overly impressed with Noah Juleson when I saw him. Russ, I, I you know it's just um, yeah, you know it's, on sometimes who they're playing with and those but kinds it's, of defensemen. But again, but again, it's like you know it's it's one game in a rookie tournament and. You know, some players who have played in two or three rookie tournaments, they get to the point where it's like, can we get to training camp? Yeah, the one thing I'll caution everybody with, and and a lot of the information I use from this comes from somebody that's there. Even if you're watching it, unless you're watching it on like a high quality, like like NHL's, you know, like on the NHL network or something, like someone pointed out on YouTube, the camera angles are brutal. And some of the things that you're seeing are, are not necessarily great to sort of identify good players and bad players. But I, the other day I saw Clint Costin had a couple of uh, power play goals. I think he's got three goals, if not more. That's a guy I would not be shocked if he makes St. Louis, and I wouldn't be shocked if he's a Calder candidate either. Uh, right. Philip Schlopik for uh, for Ottawa also looked pretty good. And, and Lilligren, yeah. after a really bad beginning, uh, had a good second game. Um, Blackhawks. I back out four to six months, of course, you have to mention that as well, um, with the pectoral injury. So that's a big, big deal. Who was that? I'm sorry. I, I, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to be out until January. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Blackhawks 61895 in the chat. Thoughts on Alex DeBrinkett making the, the Hawks roster, Russ? Yeah, I think he makes it, and I think he'll be a Calder candidate. I think he's going to play with Kane, and I think he's going to be a big, a big cog for them, bigger than I think some people are thinking right now. Okay, uh, Ak. Uh, they were um, actually. I, I heard great things about Durinkat and, and so far in everything he's shown for the for the uh, for the for the for the um, sorry for the Blackhawks. Yeah, they they really they really like him a lot. I heard he was very good in, in every situation they put him. For Ak, for all questions goaltending, I have to go to you here. Vasilevsky from Tampa becomes a top five goalie in the league this year. What do you think? This year. Um, He's on his way to becoming that. He will be that eventually in his career. Um, but this year? This year, yeah. Yeah. I'll say yes. I will say I yes. Think, I don't think so. Not yet. 
I think he'll be a top ten goalie because I think Tampa is going to be one of the best teams in the league. But I'll top say top five. ten. Yeah. Come back next Let me look at this for a second. Um, that yeah, that's all um, right. I, I'm oh, yeah. I'm willing to say that so far, but let me just check one thing. Okay, while you're checking that, there's a Rangers question here. Brandon Blakeney asks, who who do you guys think the Rangers could make a trade for before the trade deadline this year? I think the Rangers are very weak at center, but I'm still hoping for one more big trade for a cup run. Russ? Well, I mean, you're pretty much stuck with Nash. I don't think there's any trade to be made. He's He's got the hammer with that, and he wants to stay, so they're going to have to just live with Nash the entire season. Uh, it's going to be hard to trade for a center. I mean, your your yeah. best bet is if, if Leah Anderson does really well with Hartford, maybe they could call him up at some point this year, and that would be like making a trade. And that would so so. Well, let let me let me throw you a scenario and let's see what you think of this uh-huh. because there there's there are some people who believe that San Jose will not be a playoff team this year. It's possible. If that is the case, and Joe Thornton is a UFA. Do you think that the Rangers would trade for Joe Thornton? Because he's I always. Think they would, yeah. I think they would explore it. Gordon is a former Boston guy, but I don't think they would give up such major assets to get him. I think that's the issue now. Gordon seems to really be holding on to them, and so I, you know, again, are, are you going to trade Elias Anderson for him? No. Are you going to trade? You know, what I mean, you Cholito for him? No. So then what are you really going to trade? Like their system is not as deep as it used to be. Are you trading a roster player for Joe Thornton? Then you're probably weakening yourself. So I I don't think that's the route to go. Maybe you trade a first-round pick. but um, I don't think that's the route to go. Let me – I'll answer this one. Geo3183 in the chat. Will Brendan Gooley make the Sabres roster roster or start with the Amherst? He's going to start with the Amherst. The the Sabres added Scandella. They yeah. added Bouillou. They added Victor Antipin from the KHL. They've got probably seven NHL defensemen, um, and I think that they're going to let Gooley play in the American Hockey League and get some experience at least a year. Um, they, they've called him up a couple times. They, call, they called him up for three games last year to play. It was good for him to take a look, but I think you know for him to be properly developed, he's got to play in the American Hockey League. Yep, I agree with that. All right, so I'm doing my analysis of the top five goalies. It is tough because um, – I think Bobrovsky's in there. I think Holtby's in there. Um, I put Matt Murray's in there, and Dubnik and Price. Um, I don't, not Dubnik, but Price, I would say yes to. So that's five right there. So I think that in the next group, though, you'd have you know, Rene and Vasilevsky, and I would put in the next group Tukaras still, perhaps. Um, and, and, you know, and then I'm also not, you know, talking about Jonathan Quick. So there's a lot of um, possibilities there. Quick could. Quick is, you know, I've got to see him be healthy. But Vasilevsky, I think, is the quickest, is as quick as anybody in the NHL right now, as far as as far as back side to side goes, especially. Um, and you know, he will eventually dominate in this league. It's just a matter of some of these older goalies may have to fall off the wayside before he's actually considered one of the top fives. But it's close. It's not. Well, here, here's the question that Mike and I will certainly fight about. Um, we're we're basically being asked from Brandon Blakely, do we think? If uh, JVR is available, that he gets traded to the Rangers, you know, they move Miller to center. I always think there's a chance of that happening, but then I think if they make that trade, the least that the Leafs would take would be someone like Anthony D'Angelo. And so, like, you have to decide now, is that that, what you're willing to do? 
that won't that won't do it for Toronto. I think I think Toronto would rather keep JVR and let him walk for nothing than get less because they they're they're invested in this year and doing yeah. well this year. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. I do. Right. I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And I think that I wouldn't be shocked at the end of the, all of this if JVR doesn't take a little bit of a discount and stay there. I'm, because I'm I think JVR has moved around enough, and as a guy, I, I know him pretty well. You know, you're in such a great situation there where you could be with a team that's dominant for the next decade. I mean, you yeah, know. but what's less? What's less? I mean, he's making four and a quarter now. He's 29 years old when his contract is up. Five. Are you saying five, five per year? If he if if they could get him for five times five, right? Something like I, that. I think that Toronto would probably do it. Yeah, they should uh, do it. Yeah, but if it's anything more than that or anything longer than that, I think they're gonna either trade him or let him go. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's been through enough to know that you know he's got a good thing going there. It depends on what happens, but you know he's in a he's really in a really good spot. So I think he really wants to stay there. I last, would. Last last question here, uh, um, yeah. Russ uh, from William Coburn Jr. Hearing uh, Rasmus Dahlin is the clear-cut number one overall pick. Do you think anyone has a chance to overtake him as the top pick? Yeah, Dahlin's definitely the guy this moment, but I think Andrei Svechnikov has a definite chance to overtake him. We have to see some more tournaments, but he can really skate and light it up. He He's a lot more dynamic than his brother, and yeah. so, like, don't match up one for the other. You know, they're completely different players. So I think Svechnikov will, will be in his way. So That'll be good. That'd be good. Um, well, thanks, guys, for everybody for watching. Um, oh, man, I, I, I made our, our – our, um, I don't have it with me, but I'll, I'll show it to you guys tomorrow. The Hockey Buzzcast T-shirts for those Patreon subscribers are in. So they'll be going out. Nice. Um, I'm going to have one for you tonight, Russ. Um, awesome. They are – yeah, they're cool. And they – so basically go to patreon.com slash hockey and support the show. A couple of you have done it. A couple more are doing it all the time. We really appreciate it. It doesn't take a lot, you know. But um, it it really helps us a ton. Like if you can do a dollar a month or five dollars a month, even you know if everybody did five dollars a month that watches the show, we'd be able to you know. I would help my hat budget. This is an old hat. We have three square meals, you know. Yeah. So it'd be good. <laughs> but thank you everyone in the chat. We really appreciate it. It's great for you guys supporting us. And if you can't support us, that's my, sorry, that's my timer. This <laughs> like, oven is done. Remind me to pick up my child. It's still left over from like before we were. Yeah, anyway, long story. Um. All right. So. Remember, guys, without the buzz, it is just hockey. I will see you, Russ, later. I'm um, down at the game tonight. Check, check If you're interested in the Flyers-Islanders um, game tonight, that the rookie game, yeah, check Russ and I. We'll be tweeting from down there. I know it's a free yeah. game, so a lot, of, a lot of you are down there. Um, if any of you guys want to meet Russ or I, you know, just send us a little text and we can probably figure out something. Yeah. Russ, Russ, make sure you, Russ, make sure you bring your Ipecac syrup. Nah, you, you, that, that's what this is made for. That's what, actually what, that's what the Trinketist started as. Remember, without the buzz, it's just Aki. We will talk to you later. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.